where I'm at right now is a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than saying I'm stuck or I see no way out, rather than looking at it and say, you know what, this is just like temporary right here. Hey, what's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. Hey, we've got always good content on the show and I need your help right now. Share this episode with three people. Share the show with three people. We don't do promotions, sponsorships, nothing because we depend on you for help to grow. And when we grow, that means there's more people that we can help grow. So it requires you to jump along with us. Today, you're going to be excited because everybody wants to move forward in life, right? Everybody wants to get to a place to where they're not right now. Because even if you don't know where you're going right now, most of you probably think I don't want to be in the same place, whether it's even a good or bad place. So today I've got an amazing guest who is author of Intention Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story. That's powerful. CEO and founder of Roadsmith Consulting, Ian Brooks. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thanks for having me, Rick. Dude, it's good to see you. And yeah. tell me about this because it, you know, you're um you've got a key word for me in the title of your book, and it's intention. Yeah. Right? What does that mean mm-hmm. to you, man? Because you obviously put it in there for a reason. It seems like that might be like the pivot word for yeah. you. It it really is. Um, as you kicked off the show, it's um we're all seeking to be better regardless of where we're starting from. And in order to be better, we have to have a conscious focus towards what we're doing and why we're doing it. And for me, that takes purpose and intention because we're gonna have to think differently. We're gonna have to act differently. And even in that moment, we're gonna have to even feel differently as well. And as a result of that, and as we start to embark on a new journey on transforming who we are, it is going to have to be with purpose and with some level of intention in order for us to, one, take the steps, but secondly, alter our environments so that we can sustain it moving forward. Awesome. So where in your life did you screw up big time where you realize this? I don't think you had that much time in your show, Rick, but (laughs) (laughs) it's got to be real because I mean, you said a lot of good things, man, but everyone's like, well, that's not going to be me, right? So so where did you, I'm assuming you have a personal story here to where you're like, man, absolutely. It's um, railed me. You know, it's not only railed, but also even as you kicked off as well, it, it doesn't always have to start by a problem. It could be starting like, hey, this is really what I want to do. Um, I've always lived my life with the idea that I have a plan, but I'm not here to own the path. You know, my path is my path, right? <laughs> and I don't know what the heck is going to happen. Um, it's very similar to Dorothy and Wizard of Oz, where all she had was a plan to walk down that yellow brick road to get back to Kansas. But her path was clearly to meet the Tin Man, Cowardly Lion, the Wicked Witch, and all hosts of other people. And our lives are no different, and my life is no different. So I started really looking at my life in a more um, intentional way when I was 13 years old. Um, I knew right then I wanted to be a psychologist. I also knew I wanted to go away for school, away from, as far away from home, so I can learn about myself and just be, get lost as a person. And as such, I was very intentional about the school I selected. And that decision as a 13-year-old has really guided me through where I've lived, the universities I've attended, heck, even the jobs I've taken. 
And that's taken me from living in Atlanta to living in Alabama to now moving out here to the West Coast for the last 20 years. Even the jobs, as I mentioned, from working with a who's who of organizations from Nike to Warner Brothers to Sony to Bank of America to Illumina, places I probably would never have worked at before, each one with a purpose and distinction of what am I going to learn and offer in that particular moment, while also not dictating the path so that was so rigid where I was actually truly learning about myself. And as the title of my book indicates, building my own capabilities that are actually transferable to whatever situation I find myself in. And so to your very statement, some of it's been successful and very joyous. Other parts have been just downright a struggle, you know, starting my own business, losing money, being almost broke and losing almost 80% of what I had and having to start from scratch. But I, treating each one of those instances based off the capabilities I had built, one, and trusting my own self, building my own capabilities of confidence, while also recognizing what skills have I built up to actually execute on whatever plan I wanted, be it being a good consultant, psychologist, coach, heck, or even author, and treating it as a place of reference wherever I'm starting and not a place of resident where I'm just stuck there and living there. Because as we kicked off the show, we are all trying to be better. And now it's a function of what capabilities have I built that will afford me a chance to move forward and also address different situations in which I'm planning for. And as Dorothy, you, things you can't plan for. What if we don't know our capabilities, man? And we're just sitting <laughs> in a spot to where we're just like, there's no way out. Yeah, I, a lot of people are stuck in, the, in that very mindset. And notice what I said, mindset because it's a feeling of what we have in that moment, believing that we are stuck. I'm a firm believer we're never stuck because we're always about our opportunity to have a choice, a choice to actually move forward. Just like we have a choice to stay there and believe that we're stuck. We all have capabilities, regardless of what they are. Some capabilities are we just poo-poo on ourselves, <laughs> right? That may be your strongest capability. There is nobody on the show ever in 180 episodes that has says poo that has said poo-poo yet. <laughs> Well, trying to make sure that uh, I love hey, it. Don't, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to a first on all in with yeah, Rick there Jordan. we go. Ian said <laughs> <laughs> Hey, talk to little kids long enough and heck, your language I starts guess, to change yeah. a little bit. <laughs> you know, I hear what you're saying, man. It's hard to see when you're in the moment though, it's hard to see those capabilities. You know, it really funny. is. And that's really when you start to see your capabilities, you have to expand it because our moments are our moments, right? They're going to test us at every time and you're going to beat yourself up. And in that point of like, I'm just stuck. Like when I lost everything, I was stuck. I was beating myself up. Like, how did the heck did I get here? Like, I know I had a better plan than this. I know I have better capabilities than this, but how in the heck did I end up right here? And guess what? In that moment, it sucked, right? It sucked. But I so one of the things that I told myself and even tell my clients when they're in those moments, I say, own it. Just say, you know what? Yes. Great. Congratulations. <laughs> that's how you feel, because that's a true feeling. That's a true thought. Dude, but why own it mean, when it's so easy to just brush it off on a, somebody else or uh, reasons that we, quote unquote, couldn't control that the guy yeah. is here? Yeah, exactly. So easy to push it off to somebody. And say, no, not take any level of accountability. Here, I'm asking, even for myself, saying, you know what, be, just be accountable, whether you can, could, could control it or couldn't. But let's now say, okay, great. Thank you. Now, again, treating it as a place of reference, not of resident. 
and saying, you know what? Okay. Am I done complaining? Am I done poo-pooing on myself? Am I done thinking about, you know, what the heck just happened? Am I and done now, self-depreciating? Am I, am I yeah, actually going to make I a done? choice here? Yeah. 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 In that yeah. moment, making a choice to say, you know what? I got a choice in this. And if I want to live here, then guess what? Go for it. And that's my right to do it. And anyone else is right. But if you really want to move forward, if you really want to do something different and take that accountability, then quite frankly, now let's move forward and leave that other stuff behind and just acknowledge what it was a moment. We're bigger than this. That's so powerful, man, because it, it is that. And that's probably a key to, to getting unstuck that I'm hearing from you right now, mm -hmm. because it's a completely different perspective when you say where I'm at right now is a moment, mm -hmm. you know, rather than saying I'm stuck or I see no way out rather than looking at it and say, you know what, this is just like temporary right here. Yeah. It's only going to be temporary where I'm stuck right now, as mm -hmm. long as I choose to make this not permanent. I love the, the resident, yeah. the last half of your phrase that you've been saying, man, but you know, using it as a point of reference rather than a, mm -hmm. than a resident because it's dude, it's a choice just like you're moving into a house. It's a choice to pick mm -hmm. out a house. It's a choice to pick out an apartment. It's yep. a choice to stay there versus moving. And while yep. it may be hard AF to, yes. to move out of where you're at right now to create something new, that's the only way that things are going to change is when you're like, you know what, this is just temporary. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that it's here because it is just temporary. Yeah. And as, as you mentioned, it's, um, you know, we tend to think about our lives as though this is the way it has to be. And this is the way we're anchored on. And that's just because of our own survival instincts of in our environments of which we've been basically supporting ourselves. As we think about our people, places, and, and our friends that we keep around us um, that, hey, just dictate, here's what and who I am. And that's also one of the bigger challenges of when people just think about themselves, but also look at their surroundings and say, shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is to to actually start in, and embark upon a transformation that's not only of myself and my own accountability i'm also changing the things that are around me as well and people think oh my god that's a lot and we think about in that context we think about we have to do everything all at once like we just didn't get here today unless we were just born <laughs> uh, but that's not the case it took time it took effort it took consistency to get to where we are right here right now and even in the place where we find ourselves and believe to be stuck and in that same mindset and in that same principle it's going to take time and consistency to do something different and surrounding ourselves with new people places and things like that new apartment because we're gonna have a new address we're gonna have new friends we're gonna have new neighbors we're gonna have a new driving routine yeah. That's why you're going to have a new supermarket. And oh yeah, by the way, you're going to feel a little bit about that. You go to a new job. It's going to be a different feeling, a different perspective. And that takes time. It's going to be reinforcing as we move forward. And it does get hard AF as fuck to do something. Yeah. But guess what? It just takes time to do it. And you have to be consistent with it. And just trust yourself that you can. Dude, what's the... Uh because when you're in this moment, and I understand shifting mindsets, I've done it time and yeah. time again in my life. It's something that's been, if you want to put it this way, come a little bit easier for me because I've always recognized that in those moments, in that temporary spots of resident, that it's not where I want to be. You know, yeah. that, that was like the first realization for me. But mm -hmm. How do you, how do you, do you have an exercise or something that people can go through to examine 
where they're at right now to actually find an answer to that question so they can shift from being stuck into mm -hmm. being in a place of action and movement to get out of where they're at? Yeah, I do actually. Um, you know, one of the activities that I, I talk about in my book and it's actually um, built into each one of the, the parts at the very end. And I ask the readers um, or the listeners to just pause, process and reflect. Um, it's about pausing and just stopping the noise that's around us. Processing, thinking through what are we sensing from a feeling perspective? What are we seeing? What do we hear? And reflect, thinking back towards what could be some of the con contributing factors on how we got to where we are from an emotional standpoint and our surroundings, our choices and our decisions. And just giving that its acknowledgement and due. At that point, when we're able to pause, process and reflect, we're able to now just stop everything around us and be in the moment, be conscious of what we're experiencing. And at that moment, now bringing that conscious ability to moving forward, we're then able to say, okay, at the end, what am I now willing to do? What am I now willing to let go? And when we're able to answer those questions at the end of our, that process, we now have clarity on our intention, be it staying stuck or doing something different. Those are heavy questions, dude. Yeah. Because they both oh, start out with, are you willing? Yeah. Hmm? What if you're not? If you're not willing, I can almost guarantee that you will, one, not likely transform or get to a different place. But secondly, if you're not willing and go and start trying to do something different, let's say you achieve it one time, I can almost guarantee you won't be able to, to sustain it. And that acknowledgement takes, you, takes us off the hook. And I say it takes us off the hook because oftentimes we're comparing ourselves from a transformative place or the place we are right now to other people, to other people's expectations, to what they actually achieved, to expectations people have put on ourselves. And when we're actually able to sit down and say, what am I now willing to do? Acknowledging all the facts of who I am and how I potentially got here. Now, let's also be clear. We can skew the facts, right? <laughs> and, and, and push things, uh, accountability to other people and other things. But when we're authentic to ourselves in our true journey and sit down and think about how did I get here and hold myself accountable and then say, now, what am I willing to do? And answer that question authentically. We now say, you know what? I'm now measuring myself based off of choice versus a particular outcome. If we discover that we're not willing, man, what, what does that symbolize for us? You know, it, it symbolizes that you may not be ready. Um, I think there's oftentimes there's, I work with a number of people who, when they talk about change, it's that creation and that excitement about doing something different. They see that end result and like, man, I've lost those 10 pounds or I'm no longer overwhelmed. I've got, or I've got that new job. And they say, okay, let's now have the conversation on what are we now willing to do? Hmm. And now that idea of that end result now starts to adjust and they may not be willing to do everything that it would take to do. And more importantly, sustain that new behavior those new actions, those new capabilities. So it's acknowledging what you are willing to do, but also what you're not. And if you're not, that is okay. But I also acknowledge that what you're not willing to do will also impact your end result. 
Um, if you're willing to cut, if you're going to say, hey, just for the sake of conversation, I'm going to lose these 10 pounds. Got to get right for the, the family reunion or class reunion. Hey, got to look right. Wedding dress, bam, got to look good. Well, if you're not willing to wake up and work out, well, okay, that may skew a little bit how much weight we want to lose. It'll skew a little bit, man. Yeah, from what I'm hearing you <laughs> saying is if there's, if there's things, it's important to, to when we want to make a change, it's important to identify what we're not willing to do. Mm -hmm. Almost more than what we are willing to do because the not willing part, what we're not willing to do will impact the outcome yes. that we desire. And it's not that it just skews it. It could completely blow that outcome out of the water because of what we're not willing to do. And I think that identifying that will allow you to finally make that change that you so desperately desire. Absolutely. Now, I also like throwing throwing in what, you know, on the positive note, what you are willing to do, because we're still pie in the sky. Everything's, you know, at the very beginning, everyone's, you know, it's puppies and babies at that moment. Right. Everything's great. <laughs> right? But it's when the action starts hitting that people start walking off. Well, oh, yeah, I'm not willing to do this anymore. Um, but it also changes the trajectory of your plan as well. When we start building your plan around doing something different, what you are willing and also unwilling to do influences the actions you're going to be able to take. So again, it may, to your very extent, it may change your trajectory, may change your outcomes. So instead of 10 pounds, now you're just going to be able to lose five. Or instead of getting that VP job, it's now just going to be a senior manager. Or that you're not feeling as overwhelmed versus I'm just overwhelmed all, all together. It's, and I've seen the, the covered bare and I've seen it full in that respect. But as I'm coaching my clients, it's extremely important for me and for us to acknowledge what they are and are unwilling to do. Because as we're sitting here right now when it's nice and comfortable in our AC on a nice sunny day, that's one heck of a story that's different than when it's storming outside and it's 30 degrees. That's a hell of a lot different conversation. So in that context, establishing those expectations for our own selves and with my clients, it's extremely important. And then say, okay, let's go. Dude, if it's storming outside and it's 30 degrees in Chicago, that means that there's snow and I am not driving to get my food. I am door dashing it. I will be unwilling to get in my car in the middle of that storm I, to get I, my food or to go to a nice restaurant. It'll be okay. I'm going to door dash a burger. That's a, that's, a, that's a difference in outcome. That's actually, it's a good, it's a funny analogy, but huh? it, it, it allows you to, now this is important. It allows you to accept a lesser outcome rather than what you truly wanted to begin with. Those things that you're unwilling to do puts into motion a, an outcome that may be slightly better than where you're at right now. Because think about it, like the storm analogy, 30 degrees, I'm not getting in my car. Storm, right. I'm not getting in my car to go anywhere. Right. I can't go have that nice steak dinner. But right. I will DoorDash a burger because that's yeah. somebody else driving in that stupid crap outside, right? you know, but that means that I might not be eating as healthy. That means that <laughs> I might have to, I mean, burgers are good. Let's not get, you know, I'm right. a big burger fan, but right. that outcome is still lesser than what I truly wanted to begin with. Right. So it, it becomes a question is like, are you willing to settle for mm -hmm. the things that you're unwilling to do? Right. Right. It's what's important. What's it worth to you? Yeah. And 
that's a personal decision. And once we can acknowledge that, we can then say, you know what, I'm willing to go down this road. I'm willing to get that burger <laughs> uh, because I'm, I just don't want to go outside. And that's okay, right? And, and so there's no need to beat ourselves up about that because we did it, because we made a conscious decision about it. Oftentimes we go getting our situations are transforming and, and uh, believing we're operating with intent when we're actually just operating under unconscious bias because we are inherently already know without even thinking we're not getting outside with the wind blowing. It's 30 degrees with the wind blowing. It's, you know, 10 feels like 10. We already know hands down. We're not going outside. So why even put it in our mind? Like we were, but yet we do this all the time when we think about transforming our stories and, and transforming ourselves as though there's some magic ball that says, yes. And I'm now all of a sudden going to change my opinion about this or do a new behavior. And now we've already set ourselves up for failure in that respect. Um, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, no doubt, my man. You, you have me intrigued because you, you're a clinical psychologist. You study clinical psychology, right? Yes. Yep. How does that overlap into what you're doing right now? Because there's a lot of coaches out there, dude. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of coaches. If you're yes. not watching this on YouTube, I'm doing some air quotes right now. There's a lot of coaches. Right? Yes. But, but there's a lot of clinical psychology that should be involved in coaching i would think you know and and some of these yes. coaches don't understand the overlap but you do how does that overlap <laughs> into what you're doing for your people that you help yeah it's it, there's a huge overlap between between um what i learned in my experience as a clinical psychologist and what i do as a coach um in particular when i was a clinical psychologist just for reference um i worked in a 24-hour lockdown ward for adults so I was seeing people directly coming off the street, yeah. working with their families, working with these individuals um, as well, doing one-on-one -on -one and group therapy, um, working with adolescents, doing intelligence testing and personality test. Hmm. It offered and authored in a foundation of awareness of who people are. And it provided a context of understanding the environment of which people come in and its influence on how people act but also as important, the accountability and the uniqueness of each individual, be it from children all the way to adulthood. Um, in that respect, it transitions very nicely into the techniques and the perspective that I take when I'm actually coaching, where I'm paying attention and using the words and pay, um, phrases and their environments as the means to understand who people are, while also acknowledging the plan and path of what we're willing to do to move forward. Now, while my clients now are higher functioning, air quote, um, in a number of different ways, they tend to be very successful. And now they're looking for expansion. That expansion is just nothing more as we started the conversation off with of wanting to do better. My clients in the clinical side also, all they wanted to do was just do better and be better. Their better was just being normal, being able to operate from a day to day perspective. Our perspective now from a normalcy standpoint is around expansion, taking what we already know and moving forward. But a, one of the key skills as a clinical psychologist is understanding who I'm working with, be it individuals or groups, and understanding where they're starting from and how we're moving them forward. What also is a key conduit of being a good coach is understanding the steps that someone has actually walked in. Now, mind you, I didn't have to do that as a clinical psychologist. Um, um, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> in, in a number of ways. While going through therapy is extremely helpful in actually in having a conversation, 
one, having a coach who knows the ropes, knows the experience, knows what to do. So those of whom I'm coaching, I've already walked through the steps of the success and failure and success again and some failure again. I understand what it means to be a mid-level and senior leader. I understand what it means to be a frontline leader. I understand what it means to test my own skill and abilities. Knowing that I can stay right here in this box I'm currently in and be perfectly comfortable and no one would blink. But that's not where I want to be. I want to be expanded. I want to test my abilities and say, you know what? I want to at least say I tried. If I fail trying, then damn it, I'm willing to say I did it. And my clients have a similar perspective. That's the separation from what a coach and a clinical psychologist does, but also that marrying of what I pay attention to in my clients now, very similar to my clinical, is understanding who they are and their environments and understanding now how do they move forward. I dig that, man. That's awesome. You're talking about, you know, the, the path that the, that's what I'm hearing from you is the path that a lot of your clients take and the importance that you have from a clinical psychologist and all that. It's really like leveling up into a coach, right? Because mm-hmm. clinical psychology will probably only take you so far. Am I right in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah it, takes you, it takes you so far. Um, and then they're anchoring you to deal with certain parts of your emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It takes it, gets that plateau of how do you normalize life? But to your very extent, a coach takes you from where you are right now to that next level. Right on. Yeah. It's almost like a clinical psychology is analyzing why you are the way that you are right mm-hmm. now, but not necessarily how to get out of it and move forward versus a coach can help you map the path forward into what you really want to create. Well, I wouldn't necessarily go in that far. I'll say um, to rephrase it a little bit from a clinical psychology, we are mapping a path forward so that they're navigating their current environment and life so that they can sustain that yes, um, yes. in their current box. Um, for the you coaching current box, now right? expanding. Yeah. Versus a coach is blow up the box, create yes. something new. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's what I yeah. meant by that. Is yeah. that you, it helps you navigate where you're at right now, but it doesn't help yeah. you create that new box that you're looking for, which absolutely. is what a coach absolutely does. And I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So in that, I mean, you know, because that's still like helping you to navigate your current environment. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're not changing it, you're always going to be in that current environment. Yes. You can develop new skill sets to deal with it, you know, mm-hmm. and even sometimes, which is not so great, even disassociate from it to yes. help, help you deal yes. with it. Yeah. But what's one of the most common things that your clients being a coach now that you, that you hear from them, you know, what, when they're struggling, is there a common statement that you hear the, across the board that you're like, Oh yeah, I know how to help that. Well, I I think everyone's a little bit different. I don't know if there's a common statement, but there's a common feeling. And that feeling is being trapped, Um, that they feel like they can't move. And that might come in the context of I can't move up in a role or better yet, my significant other is making these demands. I mean, I, I feel like I can't move anywhere or better yet, given our COVID experience, um, there's laws and expectations of when and where I can go and what I can do. And so there's a lot of people that are feeling as though they've acquiesced their control. They've acquiesced this ability of saying, you know what, it's someone else. There's that lack of accountability in that respect. There is that fear that I'm not powerful enough or I, better yet, I have not empowered myself to move forward to do something different and take a different action, have a different perspective on how I treat my career and not treating the job as though I'm dependent upon someone else. Treating the individual as though um, the questions that they're getting from their significant other and where they're supposed to be playing 
How well are they actually communicating back and forth their own expectations of themselves, much less what's being projected onto them? Yeah. Or better yet, again, in COVID, quite honestly, over the last uh, 18 months and coaching a number of individuals, the noise that was pervasive around our lives pre-18 months um, created that silence within our own minds and our bodies and what we think and felt that people were trapped in like, oh shit, who am I? <laughs> and thus there was that fear, yeah. that fear of expectations of now I'm trapped here because now I'm afraid of who I am. And that's a common theme across each one of these three scenarios. But it also comes down to that acknowledgement of where are we accountable and who, are, who am I at the very outset around those expectations. Man, I appreciate your perspective, dude. I can tell because when you get into the, your book, I'm sure this is a lot of things. And I love the exercises you're talking about, too, because mm -hmm. unless you complete those things, that's the application, right? Yeah. Is to be able to actually create something new for yourself. Dude, I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. Everyone can go to roadsmith.com to find what you're at. That's R-H-O-D-E-S-S-M-I-T-H, correct? Yes, that's exactly it. Awesome. Dude, you're amazing. Thank you so much. You're so articulate. And it, it's, <laughs> it's incredible, you know, because it's... <laughs> I get I typically get the same compliment too around that you know just being able to pull out vocabulary words that just ha have not been utilized in so long but I, right. I appreciate your intellect I appreciate your experience even more so and the no, I appreciate you've gone that through in life to get to where you're at today and now that you can help so many people Ian Brooks everyone thank you for being on brother no thank you Rick and um, pleasure being here